This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Okay, welcome to News Laundry Hafta. We are back because Angrej apna lagan or News Laundry apna hafta kabhi maaf nahi karta. And after a while, we have Madhu joining us. She's back from Bombay. Badaiya ji. Thank you ji. मधु को बधाइयाँ सब देना चाहते हैं बधाइयाँ लोग मुझे ट्वीट ट्वीट करते हैं माता जी किसी और को प्रोग्राम करने दो अच्छा ढूंढ दो करते माता जी टेंशन ना लो Uh, get a Mumbai rapper, okay, to do the news. That's a great idea. No, uh, does and anyone want to retire? Votes here? No. Yes. no. Okay, sorry, overruled. And, okay, and Abhin and Abhin and the kid with Abhinandan. Who's the kid with you? Who's the kid? With, oh, that my niece. Oh, it, oh, oh, this yeah. that long ago. That's a great idea. I ah, I vote for that. Okay, fine. I think she's fabulous. So why don't you tell us, Madhu? Now that you joined us after a long time, we haven't had you on half for the last two times. Hmm. Um. Something in the news that you thought was spectacularly good or spectacularly bad, and then we can move on to one, and then everybody else can jump in. I think uh, the one thing that last night's news was uh, covered by everybody was um, D.K. Ravi's death, mm-hmm. and I think it it touches journalists also particularly because journalists, if they're doing their professional profession correctly, um, they are whistleblowers on a daily basis. and one of the things one has to deal with and face decisions where if you expose someone you know you will face the consequences and what today's story will big is big today will be tomorrow's garbage and you the story will be forgotten but your what you're facing will go on for the rest of your life mm-hmm. which has been shown now the thing is that people say journalists should have courage or whatever of course it goes with it's like being in the army of course you've got to be brave and do these things but the, there was a time when say 20 years ago you could expose people and powerful people and you would face um consequences to the degree of uh having a couple of raids in your house mm. or um you know, social issues where you're bo- you're not invited to press conferences you're blocked from covering certain things you won't get interviews access denied all that which you can deal with and one gets over this but i think what journalists are facing today is very similar to what whistleblowers and you see the number of deaths that have ha- taken place the threat place. of getting killed the threat of getting killed is it worth a story and of course you say that do i join the army and there's a threat of getting killed of course there's a threat of get- getting killed but you still join the army so you're a journalist today but when i joined journalism i did not sign up for this contract that i'm going to risk my life every day that's actually a very profound question anna what do you think yeah i think uh, just to come back on the uh, you know the the dk dk ravi thing i think it's a real shame that yeah i i think it's a real shame that we uh, that we raising a, a, a <coughs> you know a voice now uh, and i'm talking of the government when it can easily identify people who are at high risk honest people in profession let us say in civil services were at high risk he when asked for protection his family asked for protection and he wasn't given he wasn't given so i think it's a, it's a crime uh, you know a for this and it's it's no no point saying that law is a state issue mm-hmm. i mean he was a national mm-hmm. asset you know so uh, this government cannot wash its hands away and say that you know this is karnataka or congress's problem no uh, you know he was he was working for india Mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's a real shame and i think in the next 6 months this government must draw up a list 
of honest officers like Kemka or you know high whoever risk. they are, very high risk people. When they can provide Z plus security to Vadra or you know mm. God knows how many other Correct. politicians, mm. why can't they provide to people who are actually doing something, contributing something useful? True. I also wanted what Madhu was touching on. Sorry, before I ask our viewers, I didn't introduce everyone who's here. Madhu's here after three weeks. We have Anand, of course. Hi. And uh, Ranjan, the hey. clothes line guy. And Manisha's with us again. Hello. So, uh, what about what Madhu said that as a journalist, you didn't sign up to give your life for a story. I think that line was very significant. Is a story worth your life? I mean, and your you family's say? life. That's yes. also mm. an issue. What do you say? Ra? You know, yeah. it's just your life, it's sometimes a very simple decision. Yes. But when it's your family's life, your children, your grandchildren, your which actually is husband. the soldiers only signing up for his life, right? Yes. Or hers. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting because and, there's, and there's a glory in that death. In right. being in journalism, there's very little. I mean, look at the journalists who have been killed. Yeah. What? Right. Disappeared. But I mean, for just two days ago, News Laundry uploaded, you know, that lovely video of uh, a journalist from uh, Mumbai Mirror who was arrested just because he photographed leaking, uh, you know, new rifles that were purchased after 26-11. And they, uh, uh, you know, official, uh, they actually slapped Official Secrets Act. And uh, he was, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that video. I forget yes. the gentleman, Mr. Tripathi, I think. Mm. This is so, one that come from um, Boom. Uh, from Boom, Boom yeah. Correct. You know? And so uh, the whole point is... And our uh, disclaimer was longer than the article. <laughs> true, yeah, yes. but yeah, I see what you're but saying. I, I think, but you know, is it worth there, there it? Well, how would you answer? Is it worth? Well, that's uh, the point. Uh, I mean, let's say 20 years ago, I would say, I think Madhu is right. Uh, you know, slowly what we're finding is that the wa the war zone, you know, journalists who would routinely go to war zone, they're finding the same kind of difficulties in routine journalism. So, you know, mm -hmm. for example, 20 years ago, if you wanted to say, well, you know, I didn't sign up for this which meant that, you know, okay, you wouldn't go to Iraq, you know, to cover the war. Mm. But now you would cover... You. Now, you know, it's just every day, and it's it's probably... I'm not saying it's the, it's a battle kind of risk, but, yeah, I mean, you know... It is a risk be because I, I remember every story that we did that exposed politicians and politicians in power, including the prime ministers, whoever they were, whether it was VP Singh, yes, VP Singh was extremely upset with us, didn't speak to us for a long time, but then he also got over it. Us not being news laundry, we yeah. didn't take so that. News track, news track. So, at most, what we suffered was access denied, all right? Press conferences b blocked from that, yeah, but the, no one came which to is kill minor, you. which is minor. You can live with it. Yeah. But the kind of retribution one sees today of people being jailed, uh, incarcerated. Oh, mobs landing up and throwing stones. That it could hit your child. Also, everybody, now, our country has become so violent in its freedom of expression. It's become, it's not a freedom of expression anymore. It's anarchy. Well, I mean, it's India, violence of expression. India ranks 180 in press freedom. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's just yeah. astonishing. And astonishing. the fear of the mob, I mean, yeah. that is really the main thing. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Let's just get Ranjan and Manisha in. Uh, let me go to Manisha first. Would you give your life for a story, Manisha, since you are one of our few journalists? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't, I Damn. Don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> Coward. <laughs> laundry cut just now. <laughs> we are no, but I don't wimps. think... I don't so think you, when, just when you were expecting a vacancy. Rehan, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Manisha. I don't think anything is worth your life and I don't think any professional and journalist and even passionate journalist when they're doing their story they think they think they foresee it as such that okay I'm going to pay you know I'm going to you, you, you do, do a story you stick with it you're passionate about it 
but i don't think you're thinking in your mind that okay this could jeopardize I, my life or you are on a roll so you're on a roll so i don't think i don't think it's not a thought through position but now that i'm asking you to think about it mm. i'd stand by my story if it cost me my life then i'd blame my editors <laughs> <laughs> you won't Thanks. be there darling to, to blame your editors you'll be gone yeah <laughs> no but uh, no i'd stand by a story but but it's a tough it, it's something that you don't really know when you face it because you don't know sometimes true sometimes you just you you back you back out No, yeah. like one time we did a story on Kashmir militants, the first mm-hmm. time in early nineties. We being news track again. News track, yes. Yeah, sorry, and I used to be news track. That's why. Okay. Madhu looks at me and says, I "We." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was threatened that they were uh, militants would come and throw acid on my face. So the first couple of days, you when you step out of your office, you look left, you look right, and you quickly jump into the car. Wow, well, uh, that's scary, though. I mean, if I was threatened, if that kind of threat is kind of scary. Well, I don't know. Um, At that time, it really wasn't, because because somehow now today the climate is so different that if I was threatened of that, I think I would stay home for a bit. Because it's more likely to happen. Yes. Yes. Also, maybe it was happening back then. We just didn't know about. It. You know, now you see so many acid attacks. Sorry, Ranjan, why don't you? No, but go, would on you? journalists, on journalists from sure. militants. See, luckily for me, like, I'm not in the space of the seriousness the way the rest of you are. Uh, I don't mean, look at me. <laughs> 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 so if anyone wants to attack News Laundry, you know not to attack Ranjan. He's just the one who makes the jokes. <laughs> but uh, those are the well, most dangerous. Is, yeah, no, but, but that's <laughs> what that you find is. nowadays. I mean, it's not even about like serious stories that expose people. People can't even take a joke anymore. Like it's so easy for people to get offended at the simplest and the smallest of things. Uh, Twitter has shown that. it gives a voice fair enough that's no but i'm talking about violence twitter is one can't really say twitter is violent that way in the sense that what i'm saying is what happened to this young ias officer mm. i mean that and getting some abuse on twitter is like yeah. not yeah, comparable but can i also say that you know i mean again uh, <coughs> it's it's not i mean uh, heavy uh, i mean it's not very clear what actually happened to him so yeah correct you know, I mean, we, we don't we're know all yet. assuming sure. that you know this is in fact that's interesting did any uh, i mean i uh, to be honest didn't watch any debates i was traveling for the last 3 days they didn't debate whether didn't. he committed suicide or yeah. he was killed that was not the issue whose coverage on this was most comprehensive 360 degrees anyone any takers i think arnab as usual went to you know like for example in the tharur case yeah. you Extreme. know it's just yeah completely guilty it was the same yeah it wasn't a suicide and, you know. had uh, subramaniam swami so you can sort of understand where they were going with it as well um, i think subramaniam swami's news ex is uh, answer to arnab yeah <laughs> mm. they had him three two debates running yesterday mm. um so yeah i mean i think all the coverage was fairly extreme ndtv is generally the quietest mm. um i don't think cnn ibn was actually pretty decent as well mm-hmm. but they but, were all very similar yeah there wasn't um but if i can uh, sorry if if i can just come back to what madhu i mean she raised a very interesting point if i can be critical of madhu mm. which is that you know her generation i mm. think she's being a bit too modest i mean you look at for example her chitra mm. uh tavleen mm. you know i i dare say you probably did not hone the newer generation as well because when uh, i mean take examples from you know the last 4 or 5 years where journalists have had to face the difficulties that your generation had to face i can't i can't name you know anand Why i'm talking that? about the new yeah. generation and i think i'll be hugely unpopular after saying this sorry ju- just to finish yeah, on sorry, that point so you know ju- just to finish la- one last sentence which is that this is despite so many journalism schools mushrooming in india 
you know, so I would have expected that, you know, this thing to have passed on. Sorry. Just but you have journalism schools that are teaching, they're teaching uh, no. PR and marketing Me, along with journalism exactly. as if it's part of it. That's how we've descended. It's so bad. Yeah. Because to me, journalism is about the truth. Advertising is about covering up the truth and marketing is like, you know, glossing it over and spreading it. I think talking about the new generation, sitting at my age, I've experienced two kinds of uh, professionals in this generation. And interviews that I've done with people who are looking for jobs, whatever, over the years. And I've seen that there are young people who come in and ask them, why are you leaving the job? They said, because they don't use my byline. Now, in our time when we started, you didn't see your byline, you wrote obituaries, you wrote fire stories, you wrote rubbish, for a long time before you had the hope of seeing a byline. So I find that the arrogance and brashness <laughs> combined with complete ignorance of, the, of what your profession is and to learn from it is one set of people. Mm. I see the more ignorant they are, the more brash, rude, obnoxious they are. Mm. And the ones who are smart are there to learn. And you can say one sentence to them and you'll see a change in their writing. You'll see a change in their thinking. And I think that this is divided like I that. I think it's also a generation thing. On, although I will And that brashness was never in our generation. Yeah. Nobody was brash or rude or whatever. It might have been ignorant. But, let me, let me but you knew you had to learn. Angle, which is that I suppose 20, 25 years ago, you guys worked, if I can again be crude, work much harder. It's Listen, probably we were laughing the other day. Story Let me now. tell you, I, uh, you know, I, I was amazed that, uh, that people working late get upset that we have to work so late. When we were working yeah. in New Strat, <laughs> it was round the clock yeah. and I had to beg one person <coughs> who had been in the studio 24 hours for six, seven days. And I said, please just go home and take a shower. You're stinking up the office. I remember during the 97 election, I yeah. came to office on Monday and I yeah. went home on Friday night. Yeah. I didn't even change my chuds. And we're s smelly, days. dirty, because nobody so went home even to be... I begged one person. Did it no, that you anyway. It was normal. The kind yeah. of hours we put <laughs> in. No, and a deadline was and a bloody deadline. Access to information. No, but to be in to that defense. And no Google just, search, no yeah. nothing. Yeah, that we was, were putting our research through libraries. Yes, but it was very time inefficient. I remember sitting in India today of library and going one file at a time. But you know, I will. Uh, I I don't quite agree that uh, that generation worked harder. In fact, I don't agree at all. I think this generation works much harder. They're way more competitive. And if I may give one more spin, not to take away from the amazing work that Madhu's generation did, and I think it was fantastic. I think Madhu's generation's journalists came from a certain class, okay, and in that class, inherent in that class, a certain confidence which comes from a sense of entitlement i'm not saying it's mm. in a bad way true like for example i don't i challenge the same tavleen who walked into bhindramale's and i think it's amazing to you know walk and interview bhindramale and he making that comment on you you know it's there in her book and she answering him back i challenge anyone to do it today in a maoist hideout or i challenge you to do it today even in a small bunch of hoods on the nukkad when I was a kid, just the fact that my dad was a forgy in a uniform, and if he were out and an accident happened and he walked in, people would part. Today, they'd get together and beat him up. It doesn't matter whether he's in uniform. Mm. People have changed. When Madhu, I remember Madhu, uh, I wasn't working news track at the time, but she got off when Ames was the VP Singhwala Mandal Commission. You know, getting out of your car with a mic in hand and charging into the crowd. You know, there was a sense of, you guys won't fuck with me. Madhu knew that. They will not. Today, you send a journalist out there and you see how they're saying, 
hi hi someone will slap you so from the back something and i think that has happened because society has changed there was a very strict class divide in india that is gone and the pendulum has swung the other way which is where True. the aggression where the violence where the venom comes from so i think that sense of confidence you went with was not so much a question of individual hard work it was a question of the class that you came from um, you know j- j- just like um, when you go to a really rural place right now and you get out of a big car people are intimidated by yeah. you you know but i think um one of the things also was that um one the kind of um, confidence <coughs> one had did come from the class and your you know and there was a big div- uh, class divide which i am glad has now dissipated because you go to the press conferences now and the um, the girls over there and don't come from the privileged class they're aggressive they've got there through the fight and i think that's a big plus point for our thing but i think uh, more than but anything so, else the experience that we had when i would go into what like uh, abhinandan described into a crowd there was a sense of support from the crowd yes mm-hmm. they would say madhu idhar aao ye dekho idhar main udhar le jaa wahan maar peet ho rahi hai respect for yeah. your profession they would help you, know? you. they'd say like wahan maar doctor aaya journalist aaya maar peet ho rahi hai madhu main leke jata hu you know I, there were so many times where i the crowd would help me yeah. to get to a yeah. place to get the footage yeah. and and today as abhinandan said you won't get that kind of help there's a level of contempt and we know where that's coming from it's right. come from paid news it's come from corruption to an extent journalists have to take the blame for that sorry anand you yeah, were saying yeah no i mean i was just saying that you know i mean that respect for i agree with the i mean i i've noticed what the does the lazy generation have to say about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah now let's let's give the no, floor to this arrogant brash and about being ignorant i've noted that myself though i've just been in the profession about 8 years but i've seen that with the newer lot coming being kind of ignorant and and leaving the profession very quickly also mm. so when i joined and i was very very scared right. of my editors i'd be you know i'd be shouted at i'd be screamed at i'd be told i'm useless and i'd just take it and i'd be this is this is you know i'm learning and i'd be fine with it but 2 3 years down the line we'd see interns coming going through the same drill but they'd leave within 6 months they wouldn't want to take shit from the editors they wouldn't want to so i think a i think journalism schools are to also to be blamed for this I don't know at your time it was like that but journalism also became like this really glamorous profession to No it wasn't glamorous mm. and there were no but journalism with, schools in fact Madhu made it glamorous no, but, right. now, but now uh. it is so I think a lot of people who enter the profession cross that line out to be a very glamorous profession No it, the thing is television be, makes it glamorous yeah. Yeah. and so I remember when I was doing news track thing, so. some society lady came to me and said Madhu I want to do what you do she thought all I did was sit <laughs> in front of the camera and blab she had no concept of the work that went into each story mm-hmm. of the editing the scripting the putting it together so journalism people start now today believe lay people believe that you just sit on your camera and blab now you can see the difference in professional journalists like when you see someone like barkha mm-hmm. and rajdeep sardesai when they sit and they anchor something their knowledge of a subject and the way they go about it is purely journalistic mm-hmm. and that comes through whereas you have somebody just you know uh, an anchor just go both j- just anchor a pretty face there. talking or a good looking face just talking and blabbing you know that there's just going from a shallow that level you can tell. but that's what yeah, i'm true. saying that i think journalism schools prepare you for this they don't give you the real idea what the profession is about so a lot of people come in assuming that they straight away going to write opinion yeah, pieces yeah we have interns who come in and yeah, say yeah i just say i want to write opinion i want to interview famous people And you so can't can I, i mean you famous people and i said you know maybe if your mother were avanandan possibly 
but you're not just going to come as or so many but then you say that i wasn't that that to me shows such a warped idea of mm. the job exactly. that if you're into famous people i can't imagine that sentence coming from a journalist mm. because mm. you want to interview somebody who will give you the best story yeah. whether mm. it's someone on the street or a kid uh, you know at a traffic light or whoever <laughs> it is remember, remember that, that one yeah, uh, that. you know uh, whatever it is it's the story it's the how do you get the story if somebody comes in and says i want to interview famous people please show them the door that that's pretty much <laughs> what happened but <laughs> Um can we come back to Ravi though mm-hmm. considering um yes yeah. I think something important to discuss with it was is the whistleblower protection yeah bill that yeah. hasn't been passed I mean it was proposed in 2011 uh and even its current form is really ineffective in fact it has a uh, at least the last one that I read I don't know if they updated it had punitive clauses against the whistleblower mm. that if you can't prove x the the what time you going to prison would be longer than probably they always do that be. even in pils and they haven't defined what um what do you say what victimization consists of there are all these vague definitions that seems to be the hallmark of indian law to make it vague to make everything as vague as possible so you right. can use it however you want it doesn't apply <coughs> to state government employees only national government employees not to private But corporations i think the most important thing is they still haven't if i'm not mistaken decriminalized defamation so if you file a defamation suit It's a criminal offense. Yeah, I think yeah. you know that's uh, extreme. That I think what Azam Khan did Who's can be Who is responsible for that? Nehru? Uh, I think that's the probably it's probably done with since then. But I, can I we doubt old, it actually it's, it's probably Indira Gandhi or in the 60s <laughs> more likely. I think likely. 56 yeah. or something. Can we all say what a shocking thing it is for 11th class student to get Yeah. put in jail for a Facebook post in UP by Azam Khan that is the most disgusting thing. And I wish there'd be way more outrage uh, so yeah i think that's that's horrible mm. sorry just one more a quick um no but note. going back to that the bail is not the issue yeah. Yeah. the fact is that how can a minister in power do this and get away with it and think he can get away with it because this the law allows him to that's the problem and the nda had said they used to criticize 66a we've had that whole internet but i'm not talking yeah. about the social Uh, uh, pressure mm-hmm. on a man who's in power one would think that he think twice no but he but clearly he said that i wanted to teach this kid a lesson so that nobody does it again this was clearly i think it's time for the voters to teach him a lesson yeah, yeah. It's absolutely so. shocking yeah it's at times like this that that's time. goons goons philosophy yeah. is that you teach one person yeah. a lesson yeah. and, and 11th standard kid who's yeah okay well, he wasn't a kid let's at least why he's what? 16 he's 19 In class eleven, he's failed in three times. Failed, yeah. failed. So Whatever. He, he's okay, so fine. In the, some the reports, he's sixteen. Okay, okay. So in some reports, he's sixteen, seventeen. While I still completely disagree. But when they arrested him, they, they put it them. that he was twenty-three years old, which was wrong. Okay, I mean that. Whether we, you can get according to my driving license. I don't know. I'm twenty-something. It was a misprint. But I mean, the fact <laughs> remains, as you said, when this, when UPA had brought the sixty-six A, hmm. the most vehement. Uh, uh uh you know protests were uh, done by uh, from the bjp from the bjp by, yeah i mean obviously news, news laundry. laundry but you know uh, uh, <coughs> prime minister modi blackened his dp mm. on twitter mm. for a day wow yeah, <laughs> yeah he did that so let's not forget all that you know and It was being now compared uh, to the emergency and, yeah. and arun jetli ex- in fact had made a very passionate speech against the section right. yes so yeah. i remember one of the first things and very I, logical and very i was like what happened to you one of the first things i did at news laundry was i was sent to a conference um at uh, indian international center 
and no one else showed up because they organized it at a time when parliament was in session and they assumed parliament wouldn't function so that's why they'd invited everyone it functioned there was only the bjp cyber wing head and he was so against 66a i mean and that's one of my yeah. but he's on record to, yeah i forget his name gupta An- or something yeah anil yeah. gupta or something he is on effect. record saying that 66a is draconian it should mm-hmm. be removed and bjp <clears throat> if comes to power will remove it but then you know this is the as you remember just, madhu we had that discussion about clause 2 of my article 19 mm-hmm. when ashutosh also was mm-hmm. there and uh, sanjay was there mm-hmm. it all springs from there i mean you know you they yeah. inserted that clause and that is the you know you yeah. should we talk about up yeah let's talk about up i thought this is this was the week where there is nothing <laughs> was to talk yeah, about up but yeah. i think madhu we tried a very funny piece of news was ashutosh was going to give them classes on how to be a political party Oh, Ashutosh. That was having who classes? App leaders. This was reported. He's going to be a god. And this is Abhinandan saying, "Dear God." Anyway, <laughs> before we get into our, I, 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 I just want to say huh. one thing about App. that mm. it's become so boring it's like watching one of those long soap operas with kid <laughs> pit kid pit kid pit and you know it'll never end <laughs> it's a serial that will go on forever okay now it's very disappointing i just want to bring to the attention the worst piece of writing i not only read last week but probably in the last one or two years so we should give a ghanta every week <laughs> and it was and madhu jawab do because this is by prabhu chavla <laughs> who was the editor of a magazine that you founded your proud creation was a when i read this piece i was like has this been written by an adult prachala was not my creation i said i said bjp creation i said oh it has been written by an adult who is it been written by i said oh prabhu chavla so not only is he an adult he was the editor of <laughs> it's from the new indian express okay. let me just read out three four lines and then you're writing says. in quotes huh Prabhujala okay. writing in quotes. <laughs> Religious discrimination is the latest buffet of our cuisine commandos who have a beef with major with majority sensibilities. What about vegan food? Vegetarian. <laughs> This has led to delirious debates on the sanctity of secularism. The malady of their imagination interprets any law they deem to be a threat to minority culture as a threat to freedom of faith and caste apartheid. As the communalism versus secularism debate reaches idiosyncratic heights the vertigo over the choice of meat to be eaten in india is spinning out of control dia god this mr chawla ki kar de pay this qualifies for bad sex award totally and there was and there's one line which he says and he's advocating they're in government they're in power so they've changed the law so big deal like because you're in power and you can do it it's fine and here's here's this one line he says uh Secular rhetoric argues that the ban is meant for to consolidate majority vote. Da da da. Inarguably, the ban came through democratic means. The writers of the constitution didn't think it appropriate to include the right to eat anything, including cannibalism, as a fundamental right. Huh? This is the fusion of humanity and the mendacity of this whole obstreperous piece gives me the vertigo of of chulti pulti characteristics of your vocabulary. My name is Anthony Gonzalez. Say parenthesis. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. that this is an argument that's that is this is twitter level debates you know when you people yeah. get into debates on twitter there are tucha arguments are given are tumne aise kiya tha lekin wahan par aise hua the prabhu should fire his right i don't believe prabhu should fire his right madhu says prabhu should fire his right madhu says prabhu anyway ha so this is the worst writing i have read but in he, a very long time but let, let me just i mean i am reminded of this, this is a anand's matching nehle pe dehla this is a hindu oped okay and it goes like this in the new political mode 
the universalism and integrative capacity of the developmental discourse sits well with the homogenization of the cultural sphere and therefore with the project of radical hinduization Oh no, this is just running like, second. This is just like there was this episode of Friends where Joey was trying to seem intelligent, so he ran everything through a thesaurus and picked the hardest possible synonym for everything, and none of it made sense. And no, that's but what's the point that Mr. Chavlo was making? I was just shocked at the adolescent nature of that argument. Hang on, I think the first fallacy is that you know, that Mr. Chavla is not making this point. Somebody obviously has made it for him. <laughs> this has been ghostwritten, <laughs> possibly by. uh you know uh, two or three course not just one course <laughs> okay and so that was anyone else has anything that they saw that i and today sorry one more piece which i thought was very good uh, i think it's touched on something that i was hoping someone would write something about i just been too lazy to is by ashwini desh pande in the express about how the kind of radio jockeys the kind of gags they pull or the kind of things that they say on fm uh is like beyond horrendous and we can discuss in detail maybe we should do a story on this gags in terms of language no you know they call up the prank calls they do and they you know piss someone off to an extent that that guy's doing maa behan ki gali and they'll tell someone you i don't know if it, do, no i don't think do it's all really scripted so your point is it, it's basically this article that she's written about how it's i mean she's also spoken about how there's a there, sh- there should not be a law but there is a law against uh, discussing news uh, well we remember that. in australia i mean that nurse mm. yeah. died i mean you know the uh, the australian jockey so, so it's a serious matter so here basically there's one where when that uh, i don't know much about cricket what's the guy's name chris gale chris gale uh, scored some century or something and the caller they had some radio mirchi had a phone in contest and they were asking what would you reward him with and someone said i would give him fair and lovely so that he can rub it at least become fair because you know he's, uh, he's from lovely. west indian <laughs> and he should get a surgery so his face can be changed i mean yeah, it's ridiculous like, it's I mean, disgusting it's yeah. really disgusting and honestly t- television is very very sophisticated in its content compared to the shit some of the radio jockeys some in fact some are very clever so what is your solution to it no solution i just think it should be criticized so they'll yeah that's it yeah and i think the the cream of the week was uh, <coughs> jaya bachchan ex- complaining about mosquitoes Oh yeah I read about I that, that I, I missed that parliament mein machhar bina elect hue aa jate hain I read about that <laughs> she complained about mosquitoes in parliament okay, okay. I'm glad wow. they focused on the serious issues <laughs> <laughs> what does the rest of india live with and you're supposed to be representative of india well i've been reading uh, a lot on the whole dimapur mob lynching episode that happened hmm. and there was this very detailed report in the express uh, on sunday about i was very disturbing to read how the local media played such a big role in you know fanning uh, inciting mob violence so this case uh, you guys are aware of the case it was mm-hmm. basically this woman uh, alleged rape by this guy he was muslim from assam but most mm. of these uh, so there's already a lot of tension happening there because of illegal um, immigrants. Uh, immigrants and all so newspapers carried pictures of this guy on the front page uh, saying ibi rapes woman ibi is uh, illegal bangladeshi immigrant he wasn't his brothers in the army you're talking yeah. about yeah and uh, there were editorials saying that we have to take matters in our hands one editorial said that unless all nagas take responsibility to tackle the menace of an unabated ibi influx crimes against our women and daughters by these people will only increase wow and there were headlines and just within this happened on the 28th but soon after this started yeah and uh, and then this man was murdered and then later on it was he wasn't a uh, bangladeshi he was from assam and then later on there were reports of whether i mean there were 
There were certain sections that reported it wasn't rape, it was consensual. So anyway, I mean, the details of Plus, it, we don't I think, know. But uh, you know, just there, there were a lot of people who were actually supporting this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and their excuse was that, you know, justice delayed is justice denied. But this, yeah. they had arrested him mm. within a week, within a week of the FIR uh, mm. being filed. So, uh, so there mean, was no reason for terrible. this mob violence. I think no the danger of is, actually is supporting mob violence like this is that once you go down that road, baby, there's no coming yeah, back. Mm. I mean, then... When the mob is outside your house because they don't like your face, hmm. then you just got to revisit what you had said for, about someone else. And then if they drag you out of their house and burn you, then you're done, dude. I mean, you know, you can't... There is no consistent, rational, uh, you know, backing or justification of, of something like this. <laughs> um, anything else that was great this year or should we call it... I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I <coughs> read something about science, the good news and the bad news. Ah. The good ah, news is that... Corruption? ISRO corruption. Okay, that, then there's the two bad news because <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that one. Uh, okay. But the good news was that uh, India has launched its own rotavac, uh, you know, rotavirus uh, vaccine against rotavirus. And did you have anything to do with this? Sorry? Did you have anything to do with this? No, I had, I had nothing to do Because you're doing research in mosquitoes, right? In, in, uh, malaria and tuberculosis, yeah. Hmm, okay. But, I mean, and 300 scientists took 15 years to develop this vaccine. Wow. And uh, it's going to be, they say, about 100 times cheaper than the normal available vaccine from GlaxoSmithKline. And uh, so I think that, that, was, that was good news. Mm -hmm. This is for what disease? Uh, this is against diarrhea. For, you know, it's caused by rotavirus. And, mm -hmm. you know, one million Indian children die yeah, every year. Yeah. One million children. That's the efficacy is about 56% because, you know, it's a single-strain vaccine and there are mm -hmm. so many strains floating around. But mm -hmm. I think it's good news. Okay. The bad news was that uh, the government has slashed the uh, AIDS budget, AIDS research budget, by 22%. And I think that's, mm. that's terrible. <coughs> and it's across research projects as well as, uh, you know, projects that, that they give to NACO, you know, to cause, uh, to have, bring awareness uh, against AIDS and all that. And maybe, I think maybe if you, you know, because this whole fiscal deficit and uh, how we balance the budget is yeah. a very difficult and ongoing argument. Maybe it's, at some point we should do a hafta where everybody brings their wish list of what they should if you have to balance the budget, what would you cut and right. what would you add to? I think it would be interesting. Yeah, if, you the know. saddest thing is the cuts in the in public health yes. and education. <clears throat> yeah. The yeah. two things that, you know... Like a lot of think. people are actually really uh, upset about cuts in defence spending. Hmm. Uh, but I personally... Yeah, that's you know, not... I, I mean, don't if there's one area in which I would like cuts... Probably. Well, yeah. Because Despite I think the, the amount that is... still <coughs> the, the highest by yes. no, no, besides, I think even what they have right now, if they can just cut corruption out of the equation, mm. yeah. you can, like, I spoke to someone, and sometime we should do a story about this, of, you know, faulty uh, bulletproof jackets and faulty helmets. Yeah. You know, the corruption in there, if they just sort out the corruption, the current funds are enough to take care of that. So that is something, you know, yeah. I think one can, one can always uh, cut down on. And... Um, there was one news story that, um, I mean, not a story, uh, one uh, debate that I thought was, was really funny that I was watching, I don't know if it was this week or last week, where Sambit Patra, who's my favorite, <laughs> was almost, uh, he was giving this very sincere, how can you say that about, no, no, it was something about Sonia Gandhi's birthmark or something. What? So, oh okay, so, so that was lady, during the Rahul Gandhi oh, yeah, yeah. snooping. Oh, okay, yeah. It was the most, stu I mean, even by the, Standards we have, it is the most ridiculous debate I've seen. There was this Congress uh, Yagnik, that lady getting, How dare you talk about Sonia Gandhi's birthmark? I was like, Dude, what's your birthmark? 
मतलब उसपे इज देट सम वॉट इज दैट मूवी वॉट एवर ना बर्थमार्क हैज द की टू वेयर टू गेट वॉटर्स My God, I can't believe your VIP culture. You people don't even have birthmarks. I was like, don't do this. He said that. Yeah, yeah. What? It was just so you aren't even allowed to have birthmarks. The rest of us have birthmarks in our passport, but you have such VIP culture that your VIPs don't even have birthmarks. <laughs> Who has a birthmark here? Dude, I think everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it was really dark because it, I heard one Congress spokesperson railing against the fact that they asked for Rahul Gandhi's shoe size. Oh. But hey, you know what they say about men with small feet. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> you don't want to know that. Uh-uh. No. Uh, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, we are just going to sign off with a little ode to uh, Mr. Prabhu Chawla on his best writing that we've seen, I think, in the year. Is that is that right? So here, Mr. Chawla, this is for you. Hey, Babu ji, I see English away that I can leave English behind. You see, sir, I can talk English, I can bark English, I can laugh English because English is a very funny language. Bhairo becomes barren, and barren becomes bhairo because their minds are very narrow. In the year 1929, sir, when India was playing against Australia in Melbourne City, Vijay Merchant and Vijay Hazare they were at the crease, and Vijay Merchant told Vijay Hazare, "Look, Vijay Hazare, this is a very prestigious match, and you must consider this match very carefully." So, considering the consideration that Vijay Hazare gave Vijay Merchant, Vijay Merchant told Vijay Hazare that ultimately we must take a run. And when they were striking the ball on the left side, sir, the consideration came into an ultimatum. And ultimately, Vijay Hazare went to Vijay Merchant. <laughs> That's it. Thank you all for joining us on Hafta. Remember, if you pay, then news serves the public. If corporates pay, news serves the corporates. So, pay to keep news free, support news laundry, or anyone else you want. but support independent news thank you all for joining us thank you see you again next week thank you, you. bye bye catch all new episodes of nl hafta on newsdonry.com and follow us on twitter and facebook